All right. Welcome to Minx on Max Going Deeper, covering Minx on HBO Max, Season 1, Episode 6. Hey, I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And we're going to go deeper today on Mary Had a Little Hysterectomy. That's visceral. It's, yeah, I'm... We were just talking on our uh, parent podcast about David Bowie's I'm Afraid of Americans, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid of feminists too now. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll get into it. I don't think it's you're afraid of feminists. I think you're afraid of college girls. <laughs> okay, that could be a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think college girls at all levels are terrifying. <laughs> they, they simultaneously know a lot and then not enough. I don't know. I employ a lot of high school seniors right now who are about to be college girls, so that could be a problem. We'll see. But we jump right in, and the issue is out. It's flying through the air, hitting the ground. Like right at the the convenience store. Do you remember porn at gas stations? Mm, Sort of, maybe, no. Oh, my goodness. The whole, like, whoa, like top two (laughs) shells. In in the sleeve. (laughs) I do know they came in sleeves. You couldn't just grab them when we were, you know... We children in the 80s and 90s, but oh, what what delightful 70s cocktails are, are we enjoying tonight? Okay, we are having a cocktail I've never had before. Ooh. Um, apologies if you're following us on social media. It is in a uh, tiki glass with a bunch of naked ladies on it and a zombie because we don't have any Tom Collins glasses. I don't even know what a Tom Collins glass is. It looks like this, except it doesn't have zombies and naked ladies on it. Well, this seems like the perfect thing to have zombies and naked ladies. I mean, I don't think anyone who's listening or following our social media is going to be offended. Okay. Okay. Well, this is a Tom Collins. All right. So we've got uh, an ounce of lemon juice, half ounce of simple syrup, and two ounces of gin. I, that up. sounds like all the things that I love. Yeah, shake, pour. We've got a clear ice spear, top with a little bit of seltzer, and we have one of the most popular cocktails of the 70s. Let's do it. Oh, I'm a super fan. Okay. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is like not French 75, French 75, which is my love guess, language drink. Yeah, I guess maybe if you topped it with champagne instead of... Yeah, it'd be a French 75. Okay. That's what it... Yeah, exactly. So I'm totally in. I will start ordering, ordering Tom, Tom Collins, Collins every okay. once in a while. Okay. Get a little... What do you think about the gin choice? We used I used Hendrix. Do you think maybe something more be a little more London dry would cut through the lemon more? No, I like it. I like it. I'm okay. a fan. Hendrix all the way. All right, so we're having some Collinses, and we can mix up a pitcher of Collins. <laughs> it's definitely the kind of cocktail you can mix by the pitcher. There we go, having a good old time. So yeah, the magazine gets dropped. Joyce, in her full three-piece glory, goes to check it out at the convenience store. She's looking at the racks, doesn't see it. Looking at the little like spinny thing, doesn't see it. Goes and talks to speak to the guy at the counter. And of course, there's a lot of mags of the the variety of minks behind the counter and doesn't see it there either. And so she's asking for it. And she's like, he's like, oh, Cosmo's on the shelf. She's like, no, um, it's a little more of the erotic variety. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, dude, or whatever the guy's name is. Where's the magazine with the dicks? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's under the counter. And so he pulls it out. He's like, oh, yeah. And, and. And I think immediately we have, she's like, she's trying to get it. And like, of course, there's a, there's a man behind her and she's like, fine, thank you. And like puts it in the bag and runs away. Like, this is problematic already. If she's the creator of this magazine and she is embarrassed to be buying it at the store, we already got a problem. Like, 
this is something no one thought about, that the woman that they want to reach is not going to be really a fan of purchasing this. There's got to be a way to get it to them without them having to go through that rigmarole. Going way off script right now. Okay. Have you ever brought something to the counter that you were ashamed of? Hmm. Well, no, not really. I mean... Anytime you check out with a teenage boy with tampons, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> but, I mean, that just is what that is. At, at some point, you just like, don't give a fuck. But, uh, I, no, I definitely I remember so. going to, like, five stores to try to find condoms that weren't locked up with a self-checkout. <laughs> I mean, it Driving is. Driving all over town. <laughs> And um, what is it about condoms and razors? <laughs> like, you gotta, you, you, you're gonna be hairy and unprotected if you have a problem it's, with it's the, the 70s. confrontation. <laughs> it's the seventies. <laughs> it is. Everybody had a problem with confrontation. Like, let's keep this real low key. It made it really sexy. <laughs> Apparently, maybe like renting bikini car wash company from Blockbuster, and you put the, you know, the. Like the highbrow indie film and the art house film and like sandwich it in between. Right. Oh, yeah. Like just, you know. It's just films, you know. Seemed interesting. Yeah, like a horror film and then Bikini Car Wash Company and then like maybe The Crying Game or something. And <laughs> so it's just sandwiched in between. So it's, obviously this is a person who's interested in, in fine art and in schlock and that just falls in between. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, they're appreciating it for the, the message that it's really trying to portray. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. And my one issue of Playboy that I've owned in my lifetime <laughs> well now you own the entire back catalog right yeah well th- yeah but that was like a hard copy from like a barnes and noble and that was <laughs> barnes and noble it pr- was a pretty harrowing walk <laughs> well they didn't have it at gas stations by then <laughs> still barnes and noble i mean i could have gone i'm sorry to like- i would like a frappuccino and this playboy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i could have like driven to Alabama or something and got it at a gas station. But by the time I had my one issue, they did not have them at gas stations. You missed out. You I missed know. out. I remember the Jim Dandy. We had like the little gas station, had the little spinny rack, was all comic books. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the entire top two shelves of the magazine rack were all porn. And then just like Newsweek and National Geographic and other it's random It's kind of weird. I mean, I, I don't really remember it like. You know, I remember seeing it. I feel like for some reason I remember seeing it, it becoming aware of it at a 7-Eleven visiting my grandparents. And so hanging out with my uncle and my cousin and us going to get candy to have like a movie weekend or whatever and being there forever, like just staring at everything because my sister took forever to pick out candy. Like she had to like just really think about it. She was like looking around the whole store. What are those magazines in plastic? Like, what is that? (laughs) Hmm, why are they different? But other than that, I didn't really give it another thought until much Actually, later. I think maybe maybe twelve years ago or so, I remember talking to you, like going to a gas station when I back when I was in school and had stupid amounts of lunchtime and was just driving around, whatever, and went to a gas station that still had a magazine rack and it was just all your bog standard magazines, you know, just Cosmo, Newsweek, People, Guns and Ammo, which Vogue. unfortunately is a thing, Vogue, in style. And they had American Holes. And I was just like, what, what is happening right now? That's not even your standard, <laughs> we, like... We, we, we like went, went way by Playboy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> talk about niche. <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, come on. All right. So, right. So then we are at um, Bottom Dollar and... This is the gas station guy say, have fun. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so we're back at Bottom Dollar. We're trying to think about like, okay, Doug is like having a meeting with the team Sales aren't as great as they like, but it's fine. It's fine. We'll we'll figure out some ways. Grassroots it. Well, we're really popular in Greenwich Village and in a couple of areas. He's like, let's stick with that. And Ruti's like, yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and and so he's he's kind of kind of there's a delivery for him. He goes out and there's a whole truck of magazines that are being returned to him. Um, Tina's like. Uh, yeah, I told you to take this call and you didn't. And that's what it was about. That it's like thrift, thrifty mart or something thrifty, like that. I didn't really care about the thrifty mart. The piggly wiggly. Exactly. What that's what I wrote down. Piggly I was wiggly like, doesn't want mix. I was like, piggly wiggly is out. That's <laughs> Where we're from, piggly wiggly is a big deal. I mean, is it really? There are piggly wigglies. I have a wigglies. scholarship from the Tennessee Independent Grocers Association. I mean, that's a big, yes, for you, for sure, a big deal. Yes, I, my family were, were in independent uh, dry goods and sundries. Sorry. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> Your family was independent grocers. Yes, yes. It just seemed way more Old West to say sundries and dry goods. <laughs> when I think of sundries, I think of your bog standard Hampton Inn and like the little bitty market that they have and they, they charge that as sundries. But I just said, Doug is going to figure this out. And then <laughs> and we're like, uh-oh, Doug is losing it. I was like, it. Doug is losing it. <laughs> He's like, okay. He's just one step away from sweating profusely. He's just like, yes, great, good, uh-huh. And he's having an existential crisis. He's gone into a a, bla- a dark room and he's just like, ah! <laughs> like only Jake Johnson can. I want to know, this is skipping back about five episodes, but I want to know what Tina's job title is. Is she really his secretary? Because she's reaching out if she's his secretary. But the first episode we had that big, like, oh, you think I'm a secretary because I'm black? Like, and he introduces and it, her as his secretary. Right. And then, and then he's like, yeah, sure, I'll get, go get you some tea. I wonder if her role grew. Or no, I, I, don't I don't think it's grown the, since then. I think it's she's just whatever needs to be. I mean, you check our our Instagram. I've listed her as COO. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I mean, because she is. She she really is. I mean, he treats her that way. And I think that our last episode, the last episode. Um, was the, lieutenant. Yeah, exactly. She's she is his right hand and he knows that. See, every, I don't think she should have got uh, Joyce some tea. I don't know. <laughs> I think that he was courting Joyce at this moment. I and guess, so, I guess. You know, early on in that first first episode or so, yeah, Tina's like, fine, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Like, if this is what you think is going to make the business, if you think that this person is going to make the difference, I will bow and towel however you would prefer. I think that's what she does. I'm going to lay down the law when it needs to happen. I'm going to make... But she even says in this episode, I'm... I'm the drunk one at the Christmas party. I'm good time, Tina. Like, why are you making me be this person? <laughs> I don't want to be this person. And so I think that maybe this the conflict, mm. like the actual, they've been running status quo for a long time. They've been doing pretty well. And now that like. Now times they are changing. Exactly. And she's having to step up. She's having to step up and call him out and like really make sure that he's not jeopardizing everything that's been built. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I think that she's, she's step, having to step up because out of necessity. 
So yeah, Piggly Wiggly's out. Doug is losing it. And Shelly's at the, at the table. Love and Shelly at the table. You know, I know exactly the kind of ladies we're, we're trying to reach. And he's like, you're rich, right? She's like, we're comfortable. <laughs> exactly yes do it do it go 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 basically is, is where he's at it's like i like what you're thinking before right. anybody even has an idea yeah, like, she's like take bambi go go take like 10 cases and just give them out and then richie's like i've got an idea i love it that you're thinking yeah he's like, okay <laughs> you're thinking on your own <laughs> go for it great hey richie's richie's doing work he's moving he's moving product and he's taking cash <laughs> as we learned from that episode where everybody kind of had to like expose a little bit of the way they've been skimming off the top. <laughs> he was told he could take those magazines and give them away. Uh, right. So I would imagine that cash is Richie's cash. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we've got Joyce. She's like, okay, I've got an idea. She goes to see Glenn. And I forgot that Glenn's magazine was called Lad. I mean, I'm sorry. Lad is not a grown man. <laughs> Lad is a laddie. Like, that's the name of his magazine. In Britain magazines like playboy and maxim and things like that front loaded are called lads mags but i that's not the kind of magazine that they're producing. no not really no but uh, it's probably a reference to that so i would imagine that that i liken that magazine to probably gq mm-hmm. is is probably what it's trying to have it's a little higher brow it probably has a little like <laughs> leaning to the the male gaze uh but but right he has a huge cover of lad magazine with jane fonda on it behind it. i don't know i just like love that but so they're chatting she's bringing him some baked goods and she's she's kind of like can you help me out i mean she she's being cool about it and he's being cool about it but she's like i need someone i need someone important i need someone from uh, i need a a female voice that's going to make a difference in this ma- this second issue. We need we need some some hype. We need some sizzle per Doug. <laughs> so he pulls out the book and she's like, "Oh yeah, like have you read it?" I'm like, "No, but it was savage in the times." And he says, "Just because something is popular doesn't mean it's not good." Fair. Is there anything that's popular to hate that you love? Mm, that's I got to think about that. I mean, I try really hard because I've always kind of rallied around the idea of like the emo persuasion is like, well, it's not, I don't love it anymore because now that it's cool. Mm. Um, And I've always like, love what you love because if you are only, you're hating it now because it's cool and you loved it before, then you're still letting those people determine what you love and you hate. And I think that's what people are trying to rally against. Um, Yes. I grew up such a punk rock goth kid. But when Taylor Swift comes on the radio, <laughs> you are a full on Swifty. I have a complete Swifty. <laughs> when Redemption Taylor's version comes out on vinyl, I am there. <laughs> I might someone know someone who worked on that album, but <gasps> um, possibly, what? possibly, I don't know for okay. sure. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Sorry. Dial it back. Dial All it right. back. Oh, <laughs> uh, what something that is pop like popular that i should wait say that again i don't it's just just because something's popular doesn't make it bad i don't know I, I would just think of things that are popular that everybody thinks is bad nickelback creed limp biscuit taylor swift home improvement i don't i'm just trying to think of <laughs> I, I don't know what marvel movies I, I, I don't know i'm just trying to think of things that people hate on just because they're popular I'm sure there is. I probably we can come back to it. Yeah, That's fine. I, I cannot think of something immediately quippy and amazing. Sorry, off Taylor the top Swift of my head. is just so obvious I mean, because I just love her, and it's 
obviously anybody like me would not. So, <laughs> uh, next note I have is Harry Bush equals it's all vagina. <laughs> I just have a soft dick equals hairy vagina, which is the same idea. I mean, so yeah, Piggly Wiggly, all those places. So Doug is like, they carry Playboy. They carry Playboy. And what's the deal of a soft dick versus a hairy vagina? And and Tina, rightly so, is like, a hairy is not an actual vagina. It is not a female sex organ. Where, you know, a soft dick, no matter what, a dick is a dick is a male sex organ. We're getting a little, like, to the point, literally. And he's like, what? What does he say? I think he says what he says. Like, hairy bush, it's all vagina. And, you know, growing up in an era where ladies had... I feel like if I... Saw that, I saw everything. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there's been always been an unequal. I mean, we can refer to Kevin Bacon, Free the Bacon experience. There's there's definitely some uneven, even still now, about naked women in film and naked men in film. Showgirls needed a couple of dicks. Yeah, it did. It did. If you guys haven't checked out, check out our episode on Showgirls, uh, episode 50 on Forbidden Cinema. It's a... Uh, Real experience. <laughs> it's a real Actually, bummer, honestly. Well, the movie's a real bummer. I think that the episode's a lot of fun, okay. honestly. We, 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 we find some frivolity <laughs> in a place that's that's lacking. And then I decided, like, I miss the airport. Oh, my goodness. I used to have friends that worked at the airport, and you could just go visit them. You just go hang out, just like at the mall. It was, as it long was as just you were like, gone in an hour, you didn't have to pay a dollar to park. It was basically just another mall, kind yeah. of. I miss going and like meeting people or having being met at the gate. That was so nice. Mm-hmm. So Tina seeing him off, he's supposed to go and schmooze the VP of operations for Thrifty Mart. And he's like, I don't feel like he's running his hands through his hair nonstop, but he might as well he be. Might like, be, yes. He's panicking. He's doing a weird beard stroke thing, and his beard is not that long. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's having a full-on on moment. And, and so ba- she leaves, and he immediately runs to the bank of payphones with a bunch of nickels and is calling. Everyone. <laughs> trying to he's get not- a meeting. He's like, I'm going to have a meeting with whatever, and he's like trying to get a meeting. Right. He didn't, he didn't plan ahead. Of course he didn't plan ahead. He's got a freaking flight to fly to wherever this is it's not far that far away because he does say i'll be home by happy hour which i really appreciate and uh yeah you could definitely i've reposted that that little clip yeah he didn't plan ahead he just flies by the fucking seat of his polyester pants that is doug renetti it's always worked though yeah it has and it's looking like this time he might have made the wrong bet. Maybe. He's it's- always found the angle. What is it later they say? Like, he's always found the bourbon in the lemonade. Which I love. I love that. I almost changed to make, like, a Lynchburg lemonade or something instead of this. <laughs> but this is this is the 70s. There's no there's no bourbon lemonade in the 70s. There's- I love this. I mean, yeah, he... he- he, he launched Lynchburg Lemonade. I mean, that wasn't even a thing yet. I mean, the next thing I have is Joyce and Glenn. I was like, teaming up. And, you know, their first success. And they're like low-fiving. Like, wait a minute. Are they adorable? They are adorable. I hated him in the first episode. I just remember, like, in the press conference, I was, like, ready, like, boo, like, screw you, guy. <laughs> I was, like, ready to throw things at my television. I almost think that maybe the biggest growth has happened with Glenn. Hmm. And I think it's really understated. You know, he didn't see – I don't know if he didn't see her, her potential, 
but it didn't matter. We They were just aligned. They were in the same industry. They kind of were working towards the same goals overall, he thought. He knew that she had this passion about this magazine, but I mean, he really thought, you know, it's unlikely. It's it's a hard play. She's probably going to lose steam because it is going to be really hard to get it up and going. He wasn't looking for the kind of woman who changes things. No, that's not what he's experienced. I'm guessing already a uh, second girlfriend is gone. I don't I don't know. We haven't we haven't gotten that that serious yet, but they're real chummy, and he's all on board to help her. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have any problem with trying to do that. So, you know, they've gone. They've gone to the university, and he's got all the frat pledges. He's got all the frat pledges. <laughs> he's like, they're not frat boys yet. They're still pledges. <laughs> but we've already gone. We kind of glossed over them going and actually talking to the professor mm, who wrote gotcha, the book. Gotcha. What is it? Aphrodisia. 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 Basically, there are no of- aphrodisiacs in this drink, by the way. Like, <laughs> most most of our first few episodes were like just chock full of aphrodisiacs, and it's a Thursday night, so we're we're taking a little a little chill. Right, but I mean, I think an aphrodisiac is a is a drink you enjoy. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Uh, should we cut this episode short? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's still Thursday. Yeah, they go and meet with the author uh, Wendy Na, and she's she's pretentious as fuck. You know, she's teaching. She leads. I don't remember the name of the club. It's basically the feminist club. So yeah. She's kind of hedging on Joyce with an interview with well, at least like pitching her to write an article. Sounds like me committing to something at work, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but she's like, like oh, yes, you- that could be a thing that could happen. Yes. Like, are we going to do it? I could see how <laughs> we could. <laughs> well, she th- really legitimately throws her under the bus because she's like, yes, come to the feminist club. You know, oh, they'll love having you. You're successful in publishing. That'll be amazing. Oh, because Joyce was the head of the feminist club at Vassar. And she's like, oh, we had no hierarchy. Persephone Rising, I think is what she said, was the club. And so she goes, and that's where we see the artistic rendering of Mary Had a Little Hysterectomy. Yes, um, yes. Which... Wasn't really clear. It's modern art. Modern art is modern art. You know, it just is what it is. And then she's like, oh, but this is beautiful. Whatever. She's like, oh, that's menstrual drippings. And Joyce is, you could tell. I mean, there's, we all have our range. Mm -hmm. And there may be things that we're passionate about to a certain point. (laughs) I think that that is definitely, and that does not mean that you don't care about something, but it may just mean that this is this is just to the point that it's important to you and you are going to push to that point and you're going to rally to that point. But we all don't need to do the same things. And yeah, that I'm involves- way more feminist than the guys at the pitch con or whatever in the opening scene of the first episode. Right. I'm way more feminist than them. But these girls scare me in the feminist meeting. <laughs> well, like I said, so we get there, choices. All right, so can we go back for just a moment? We kind of skipped over when they first, like, unleash the frat pledges. Okay. And what does Dingus do? Like, the first place he goes is to the tenor. <laughs> like, the guy that's, like, looking for the tenor for the barbershop quartet. And they're like, Dingus! Come on, Dingus! Get it together. I mean, Joyce is already like, are you sure? This is, like, he's like, we're just getting it out there. Grassroots getting out there. And she's like, should we be using them this way? And then they're both like, come on, Dingus! Get it together. She she definitely pulls it together when... But, yeah, okay, then we have... Sorry, we have, um, we have Bambi and, and- Shelly out... 
trying to give it to uh, soccer moms in the grocery store parking lot. So yeah, they're they're like, they're having crash collisions with shopping carts and like, oh, sorry, we were looking at this, and she's like, oh, what's that? Like, oh, you don't know about Minks? <laughs> oh, everybody's talking about it, but it's sold out. And that's what Shelly had said. Like, they're all have serious FOMO about not having. Um, what everybody else has. And so that's what they're trying to play into. And like, the looks on the ladies' faces when they just like pull out dick out of it. And then they're, like, they're like, oh. And then I think that has the two lines. Uh, I did not expect her to talk about her dead husband like that. <laughs> and what is it? Like women who drive Volkswagens are freaks. She's like, I know. I uh, I drive one. And I was like, Becky and Jane having their fun. That's <laughs> the names they're going by. Sorry. Continue on to no, the no, feminist no. meeting. But then we have Richie. So, oh sorry. yeah, Richie. We, so Richie like has holed up shop in front of a gay bar. He's getting Bloody Marys on the reg, giving out mags, getting some cash, and like pulls the cash out of the tip jar to pay the guys. Like I'll take one of those magazines. Right, he's like absolutely. <laughs> then he runs out of magazines, and someone's approach. He's like, oh, you know, you don't have all the goods. He's like, but you know, I got something you might be interested in, and. And then Richie is doing a beautiful shoot mm-hmm. of men in the wild, uh, in 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 the woods, and there's going to be some uh, fun had by all. Apparently, is is where that seems like it's going. I wonder if Richie's going to come up with his own magazine, or is this going to go know. to Minx? Or you know, are we starting to maybe is he going to start to come out on his own? I mean, and- he's really exploring because he started off, you know, is really only having the opportunity to be the makeup artist, mm-hmm. and because no one else is willing to be the photographer here. He really got to kind of step up and do more. And who knows? Yeah, he's really kind of finding himself as well. I feel like that's what everybody's doing. Everybody's on an exploratory moment. Different episodes really push in different spaces. But I feel like everybody's growing in some way in every single episode. All right. So now we're, we're I'm sorry. I skipped around a little bit. But let's let's get into the, uh, to the shouty women with hair. <laughs> shouty women with hair. <laughs> Sorry. Is it? I mean, so Joyce comes in. She's in her three piece, but she's wearing a skirt. She's like the perfect. They're all in like bean bags and stuff. She's like, oh, I don't know where to sit. Like, do I go? And then Wendy fucks the piece out. <laughs> she's like, y'all have fun. And because she knew Joyce wanted to talk to her after the meeting and really mm-hmm. pitch this. And yeah, it's a real it's a real see you next Tuesday moment. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. But yes, yeah, Joyce sitting down in her skirt, and then I just wrote immediately, like, women want hard-ons. Right. She's like, you don't think we're, like, that women can handle, like, you don't think that women can handle an erect penis? She's like, okay, let's talk about it. She's all about, like, let's have this dialogue. I'm a, I'm a fan. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. You know, women of color, women, working women, lesbians. And then there's the whole, like, le- like oh, well, you haven't said enough about marital rape because all marriage is rape it's like come on and basically it devolves into like sell out child is <laughs> is where we end on that and that's really my life for the last 10 years has really been sell out child <laughs> that's the inner monologue i've had with myself that is that's just the truth we all confront our former selves in some sort of way and have that conflict but she's right she's like here you are in your paid for building in your you know no expenses you're here able to sit in your space and and think and and judge and all of this but you're not actually you're not actually in the plight of the 
people that you're saying, like, she, you're not actually working women. I mean, you are women of color, but you're not actually struggling. You are still in this insular space and able to be in this think tank idea and not actually experience what real women experience when you get out and you have to make choices, when you have to have a job, when that job has to be funded by somebody, when you you know, when you get married and you decide this is the life that I'm building and I still want to have purpose, but that doesn't mean you don't have purpose because you've decided to have a family. There's a lot of back and forth. I mean, those women, and I'm not going to call them girls because they're women, they're college age women, but they're they're able to have the freedom to judge on a level that because they have not faced the world just yet. And so here they are judging Joyce from a corporate type of stance. They would be judging Shelly from this like at-home mom kind of stance. And both of these women are worthy. They're mm-hmm. worthy. Everyone's worthy. And that's what's tough about, I don't feel like we're having this level of conflict, but there is always kind of conflict about like what kind of woman you're supposed to be and when you decide what kind of woman you want to be. And the Minx crew represents everybody, though. It really we does. Really do we have the we have the suburban housewife mother? We have the college educated, you know, upward mover. We have Bambi, kind of the flailing about trying to find her way, young woman. We have Richie, you know, the the, the gay man trying. To, we have so many viewpoints. We have the working on, woman of color yes. and Tina, and yeah, I mean, it's it's fully represented, and all these people are coming together to create something that they hope is going to highlight their voice in some sort of way that's going to have a positive message. And that's all you really can do. You don't have total control. You never have total control. In the same way that Joyce realized in the last episode, if she played in like the Italian mob housewives do and be the neck and steer the head, then you get what you want. You may not get the credit for what you want, but you still get what you want and you have to decide what you actually, what was more important, getting what you wanted or getting the credit for it. And that's some of the things that you have to to decide what's important. Like, do I want to accomplish this or do I want to get the credit for accomplishing this? And that's a lot of, of being a woman in any kind of space anymore. It's unfortunate that we're still working through this, the idea of we're all on the same team, really, truly. But that's that's the patriarchy for you. <laughs> My Marxist feminist dialectic brings all the boys to the yard. Damn right. <laughs> so I'm actually looking at my notes right now, and I'm a little amused at what I wrote, which I'm sorry about that. But I go straight from women want hard-ons to taco casserole in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> which tacos, kind of a little bit of a euphemism sometimes. Hmm. I don't think that this particular taco casserole was a euphemism. But what we just completely gloss over, so I'm going to be home late. There's a taco casserole in the oven. Put it on 350. 45 minutes. Leave the foil on. Take it off to eat it. <laughs> I'll be home in a bit. And she's because she's making this phone call. And that's her phone call. Because they, her and Bambi have been arrested. Shelly and Bambi have been arrested. We're distributing porn within a thousand feet or yards or something from a school. What is it? Bambi says, like, who would have thought that would be a law? It's a new law. It's like, Actually, now that you think about it, it sort of makes like, sense. I thought I said it out loud. But I love that the arrestee or the, the officer is like, I like to bring mine to room temperature. She's like, of course, when you have the time. 
And so Bambi and and Shelly are like having a moment. She, Shelly or Bambi is like so like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that you've been arrested. I can't believe you've been banned from your grocery store. I can't believe all these things like the moms that you and Shelly's like, it's fine. Like, I haven't been in trouble in forever, and I kind of liked it. <laughs> and, and Baby's like, okay, great. So they get bailed out. Um, I don't remember who bails them out, but Baby's like, Elliot Gould's stunt double is blowing it out in the canyon. That's <laughs> what she says. There's a party, and like, we're all going. We're going. And then Shelly's like, uh, I don't know. Bread's ex-drummer is playing. He got kicked out of Bread for <laughs> rocking too hard. Yes. I wrote that down if there's any band that rocks hard, it's Bread. I love it. I love it. Remember in the 90s, everybody said that Corn and Bread should tour together. <laughs> oh, Shelly's kind of, she's like, I really need to get back home because here she's talking, she's having a good time. This was exciting. She's also got a baby that. She's a baby. And she's a family and she has responsibilities. And she's like, I promised. Monster would check under the bed for monsters. Right. But like, I, which, like, obviously, monsters live in the closet. She's like, and then Bambi's like, just take some Aquanet and say it's monster spray. That's what my mom did for me. Which is And sweet. I almost shed a tear at that moment. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. And we know that Bambi, things didn't go as well as she wanted them to. Right. And, and we meet Bambi's boyfriend. But it's just some dude. He's got a lot of hair. I forget what she like tall someone, big someone. I don't remember I'm what his sure. name was. But she's like, he's like the best high <laughs> Shelly says, someone likes patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like, an above average stone driver right. or something? It's along only those like lines. nineteen miles. We'll be fine. We'll get, <laughs> like we'll get there eventually. And Shelly's like, mm, I really need to. And then go we can home. just drive you to your car. <laughs> she's like, No, I need to walk. It's fine. It's fine. And so Tina said, well, Joyce is at the college. She needs some more boxes of magazines. And Well, they're at the airport. Right, right. And I just, you see Tina's back at the airport. Like, uh-oh, like, Tina gets it. Tina gets it. Mm-mm. And then. No, Tina's back at the airport to pick him up. I, I, I That's what I thought. I thought, like, uh-oh, Tina's got an idea. And like, no, Tina just knows that Doug didn't do it. I don't know that she knows he didn't do it. She knew he was there at the bar. I, but, I, she knew before I did. Well, she went to the bar, but also she was watching for the flight returns. Like mm-hmm. she was there to pick him up. It was not like she didn't come back 30 minutes later. She came back when the flight should have been coming back and she's not seeing him. She's not seeing him. She goes into the bar. She orders a maker's like a boss mm-hmm. and she catches a little eye with another guy and he's like, oh, and he that he leaves, and Doug is right behind him, like sitting at the bar. And Doug mentioned something about needing to get out of this bar because there's inside birds, and it's bumming him out. Yeah, he's like, there's been a bird trapped in here for the last two hours, and it's really bumming me out. Yeah, I definitely shop at a grocery store that's across the street from the other grocery store. One of the main reasons I shop there is because there's usually not inside birds there. <laughs> I never really thought about that, but you're right. There's not. But now I'm having this really horrible feeling. Not like, how are the birds getting into the grocery store I don't get to? Like, why aren't there birds at the grocery store I get to? Like, what are they doing to the poor birds that get in? I'm having a real existential crisis. And I I don't think that, like, Doug at Publix is just murdering birds left and right. But No, I don't think so. There must be – they must have a better and more efficient system of loading and unloading. That's just what we're going to go with. Okay. okay. Just, I'm just really hoping there's not just 
a cemetery of dead Bert. No. I mean, both of these places sell rotisserie chicken. I don't know why I'm so hung up on birds. <laughs> There's monuments of dead birds in both of these places. But for whatever reason, the little chirpy, cute birds, I'm just really hung up on and I'm a little scared that there's not no I just feel like maybe to. they have a more efficient warehouse system versus the other that that we're just gonna have to live with that yes it, it can't be the other way around it's done it's done so that's also when we have Doug talking about he's like you know I've always been able to find an angle Tina's like you didn't schedule a meeting like you you were going you had a flight you didn't schedule a meeting he's like I just figured I'd be able to do it I've, I've always been able to do it like he's like you know when I was a kid, there was a kid in the neighborhood named Jimmy. He had a lemonade stand. He wouldn't let me be a part of it, so I was pissed. So what did I do? I started my own lemonade stand, and I added bourbon, like you said before. So the moms, the dads, everybody was into it, the older kids, and I put Jimmy out of business. <laughs> and he's like, I just need to find my angle. I just need to find my angle with this. Like I've always been able to, and I'm, I'm stumped right now. So we get back to the college. Tina says, Joyce is at the college. We need to get to the college. He's like, all right, broke college kids, great. And Tina handles that maker. She just like sips, sips, it's gone, let's go. So they get to the college where people are chanting, Dong is wrong. <laughs> Everyone's enraged. Joyce is like, what happened? He's like, well, so pledges might have been a little, little overzealous, left some magazines for the Bible club. Bible club went insane. And like, then there's so, the dean. Like, he's just talking about, you know, right of speech. The Civil Liber- Liberties Union got involved. <laughs> everybody. So every, everyone's all over the place. Like, we have every people protesting. Everybody with a point of view is angry about something. And exactly. they're all in this. Space. space exactly and people some people are enjoying the magazine um some people are tearing it up people are throwing it in a pile yeah the group that joyce really was i'm out they're terrible and awful this is do i really want to be championing this new generation they're terrifying <laughs> i don't think so which you know we all feel that way sorry we, we all come to come to terms but we all feel that way about the generation after us so there's a pile forming of banks we've got <laughs> we, we we come back to glenn out with a bloodied nose because some threw a hardback bible <laughs> a hardback bible <laughs> is feeling responsible she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry who throws a who throws a hardback bible <laughs> <laughs> Who throws a shoe? <laughs> it's like what that made me think of. Are you familiar with Eric Bischoff? Yes. Okay. I am. He was one of the uh, creative directors and a commentator on WCW wrestling. Yes. Uh, heavily involved in the NWO storyline. His right. book is called Controversy Creates Cash. And that's what I wrote right there. Yes. Controversy Creates Cash. Like someone is going to play this. Right. So pin in that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we've got all this chaos happening. Doug and Tina are walking up. Doug's got a box of magazine under his his arm. Some kid runs up and grabs hey, it, and he says, "Fuck Reagan." And Doug is like, "Yep, agree with you, man." Uh, it's like we're all like we're all kind of probably on the same side, but everyone's devolving into whatever. And Tina's finally like, fine, I told you so. Like, this is what would happen. Like, your little pet project may break us. Like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, 
feel like we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. And she's that's when she's like, I'm the drunk girl at the party. Like, I'm fun, fun time Tina. Good like, time Tina. Good time Tina. Because as soon as she says, I'm good time Tina, the guy rides by in the bike. Like, hey, girl. And she's like, keep riding, Junior. <laughs> Not you. Get out of here. That might have been my favorite moment of this episode. <laughs> it was, it was I'm good time Tina. Like, hey, girl. She's like, Not you. Junior, keep going. And so Doug is looking around. He's kind of surveying the situation. He sees a news team coming. Exactly. They're setting up. And he's like, okay. Doug Doug thrives in the step back and the observe. He thrives going by the seat of his pants when everything is chaotic and he can just. He can. He, he, can, can, he can. He's not good when everything's normal. He's chaotic when everything's normal. When everything's chaotic. All of a sudden, things slow down, and he sees the path. Exactly. He sees the full picture. He sees all the, the moving parts. And Joyce and Glenn, Joyce is trying to stop Glenn's bloody nose. People are, there's not right. This is still like, where are they? We're in California, right? Yeah, yes, we're in California. Yes. We're still in some suburban California town, so no one's rioting. Like, these are still college kids that are pretty privileged. Um, they're just, they have, they have the time to be... You know, an upheaval about something. Yeah, I went to Vanderbilt. I saw plenty of uh, small gatherings of angry, rich, white kids. So <laughs> Yeah, so then all of a sudden, we see the glow. I was like, uh-oh, I knew it. He did it. Well, that was the thing, like, oh, I think we have a fire. And we see uh, Joyce and Glenn highlighted by the glow. And then we see Doug putting a lighter in his pocket. <sighs> And walking away. Way to go, Doug. He's like, ugh. Do it, Doug! (laughs) Like, this wasn't chaos enough. Now we have a full-on, full-on protest. And no one drive. nothing drives, like you said, controversy. Now we have a riot against this magazine. We had a lot of people angry at each other, just kind of sort of tipped off by this magazine but just sort of tipped off by just them being angry now it's all focused in one place and now we have the counter right we've cornered the counter market and people are going to rally behind like what's this about the the buzz is going to get out there the protest is protest and the the reporting on the protest is is going to drive sales so have you ever wanted something specifically because you couldn't have it? Oh, yeah. I mean, all the time. Did you time. ever like, want like Beanie Babies or Tamagotchis? Or, I'm trying to think of like what. No, uh, I didn't ever want any of that. I, re- I remember it was more like being immediately told that we couldn't have it. I mean, like little things here and there. Like probably none of them really made sense. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, that's what Forbidden Cinema is all about. Right. Wanting something because we couldn't watch it and then was it really worth having the argument about if if no one even mentioned it some of the movies that we've watched in forbidden cinema we've been like eh, it's fine we would have gotten over it but they've hung out there and mm-hmm. so that's why we've been driven to to check it out so yeah same idea so then we've got in credits credits roll and this is directed by carrie brownstein yes yes of um portlandia fame which is fun i, I Kind of knowing that, I kind of see her her voice there a little bit. I, I think so. I've, I've I've always found Portlandia a bit cringy, and I tend to withdraw from cringy stuff. But I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's worth another another set of eyes. 
Yeah, I I think it, it definitely is. And there's some definitely cool characters. Drawing back to to our Forbidden Cinema Showgirls episode, when we were double checking, like, oh, Kyle MacLachlan is listed third billing on Portlandia. Huge Which I had character no idea he was in that. I think he's like a mayor or something, maybe. Okay. But yeah, so that's it. We are bringing episode six of... 10 of season one we didn't get a next up on no we didn't that's so true I have no idea what's coming next i feel like everything all like coming this season was mobs and protests and i have no idea what's coming next here we go we're all in the dark <laughs> guys it was super super fun hope you will check it out listen let us know what you think we're on minx on max going deeper on instagram and you can check us out forbidden cinema podcast at gmail.com forbidden cinema on instagram i love that we got some crossover action you guys are checking out both it's a lot of fun hopefully so we're we're enjoying having the conversation with everybody welcome to everybody that's involved that's that's coming along with us thank you guys for taking the time to just even pay attention notice us thank you guys it's been a blast and uh and we're all in this together for more and more and more and more Yes. Fingers crossed that we are not just coming to episode 10 of of Binks on Max, that we have season two on the horizon. I have a sneaky feeling that it is. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if I have 10 more uh, 70s cocktails in me. We might just be like drinking Midori in a, a I need I need to get some <laughs> uh, some liqueur glasses. I don't know. Some cordials. Yes. We'll just be sipping sipping on Midori, yes. <laughs> or uh, some amaretto. Just yes. straight amaretto. Um, well, if, you, if you've got any ideas any ideas for cocktails, let us know. Um, we're definitely going to, if we can find some, check out some Arting Stalls gin. That's Paul Figg's uh, new gin. Okay. Yeah, so looking forward to that. But yeah, guys, have a great week, and we will catch you next week. All right, see you Thursday, guys. Bye. Bye.